Welcome to Career Practitioner Conversations. This podcast is presented by the National Career Development Association. This episode is the third in our presidential series hosted by NCDA President Dr. Sharon Givens. It features a conversation about the interconnectedness of mental health and career development with Dr. Seth Hayden, licensed professional counselor and associate professor of counseling at Wake Forest University. Good evening, Dr. Hayden. How are you tonight? Hey, Sharon, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so you are past president and you've done an amazing job over the last two years. And I really wanted to take this opportunity to, you know, have a good discussion. One of the things that I've learned about you, um, particularly in the last two years, as I've gotten to know more about you, that we really both have uh, a passion for career development and mental health and looking at ways that it constantly connects. And so I thought, why not have just a, a real conversation tonight about career development and mental health and ways that we can view this, particularly so it'll help our members and overall career development professionals be more successful um, and have more understanding about this. So just maybe give me an overview of the intersection or and, and through your lenses, the intersection of career development and mental health. Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it, Sharon. And I agree, it's been uh, interesting over time how you and I have engaged around this topic and and uh, have our, our shared interest in this. And and so in order for me to share a little bit about how I kind of see this topic, I do think it's important to give a little backstory on how I came to be interested in it, but I'm not going to go too too far into this because I don't think this is necessarily the focus of our discussion. But um, I am trained primarily as a mental health counselor. That's my background. I went to a counseling program that was focused on mental health. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started seeing in my work the impact of career on people's mental health and vice versa. And, and so I was uh, actually in Virginia in my doctoral program, and I was doing some work with the clinic there at the University of Virginia. And I was seeing people come in from the community who are struggling with their career and the implications for their mental health. And then also in terms of mental health and how it was impacting their career. And this was from 2008 to 2012, which has been termed as kind of the Great Recession. And so I was like, wow, this is really interesting. And that's when it started to pique my kind of something I think I want to look more at. And so I um, went to Florida and I actually worked in a career center at Florida State University. And so again, I was socialized as a mental health practitioner. I was working in a career center at a university that also served the community, which I thought was really um, useful. And so similar, would see a lot of career uh, development, mental health connections in my work. Um, and so it's really been something I've been committed to both in my clinical work, I still practice, uh, but then also in my scholarly work. Um, and so for me, when I talk to people about career development, mental health, and imagine you've probably seen this yourself, it doesn't take too long for people to see that there is a connection. I mean, you talk about your life 
like, tell me about your career, tell me about your family, and you start to hear these things and how they're connected. Certainly, the pandemic has, I think, really shined a bright light on how all these things are connected in terms of aspects of career development, aspects of mental health. And so I think you have this anecdotal understanding, my own life. I think about how I got to where I am. Decisions I made impacted my family. Things going on in my family impacted my career. And so it's connected. Uh, But one of the things I really want to continue to specify and identify is how are they connected? And the implications of that, both for people who work in mental health environments, but then also people who focus primarily on career. And so that's something that I really focus on is career development, mental health connection is, I think, a broad thing that we can understand. But what does that mean specifically? And what are the implications in terms of our work? And so that's where I focus a lot of my my attention. Yeah, one of the things that you said that I think really stands out for me is being aware of that connection, like understand that connection. We know that connection is there. But I I guess I often wonder as career development professionals, do we really know how to address that connection? Um, I think that's a really important, I think, question for me. And I imagine other career development professionals, they say, well, I recognize, I see that there's a strong connection, that it it exists, but how do I address that connection? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's an important point. I think that wades a little bit into scope of practice. Like, what am I trained to be able to do? Mm -hmm. Um, And then what am I comfortable doing? And how far are we going to go with this? And at what point do I need to take a step back and maybe bring other resources to bear given the situation? Mm-hmm. And I think those, I think each person to some degree has to answer that question for themselves. But I will say that when a person sits down and starts to talk about what's going on, they're going to share a lot with you. I found that to be the case for me. They're going to talk about uh, their career, their what things they're trying to figure out. And then with all of that, other things are going to be brought to bear. And so I do think that career development is a very sophisticated experience. There's a lot there. And so I think we have to have a sophisticated response to that. And so I do think that even if you're not a trained clinical mental health provider, mm-hmm. as long as you're practicing ethically and within your scope of practice, it is important to be willing to think about that, see what it is you can do with that, as opposed to immediately stepping away from that when someone's starting to talk about some mental health dimensions of their career concern. I mean, for me, when you start to think about anxiety and maybe someone has anxiety about their career, well, how do you say, well, I'm just going to talk about the career Mm-hmm. But you go deal with your anxiety somewhere else where your anxiety is related to the career concern that the person is currently facing. Like, how do you how do you do that? And so I do think that it's a, an important consideration and, and it's not to minimize people's uncertainty, but it's also to recognize the reality of the experience of the people we're serving and that you're going to have these things that are coming together. And so how how much can I look into that and and see what I can do with that. Do I partner closely with 
a person who provides mental health services and and have a an ongoing relationship with them to where we're collaborating and understanding each other's work and and engaging in referral when appropriate, but an informed referral. And so I do think that career concerns, again, there's a lot to them. They tend to be fairly complex. Right. Um, and then we need to have a framework that accounts for that. Absolutely. Tell me your thoughts about the, about the phrase mental health wellness is essential to success in career development. What are your thoughts about that? Hmm. Mental health wellness is essential to success in career development. Yeah, I think there's uh, it's an interesting way of uh, terming it and, and thinking about it. And, and I mean, absolutely, there's tons of research around the connection between mental health and career, uh, depression, hopelessness, anxiety, and the degree that it impacts people's career development. I mean, it's, there's no question if it does. I mean, there's a mountain of evidence that indicates it does. And so, you know, and coming from a counseling background, when you talk about wellness, uh-huh. um, that really kind of triggers for me the these conceptualizations we have of wellness and and how they're so interconnected. All these different domains of our life are so interconnected. And when we have challenges in one area, we're going to have challenges in other areas. But the flip side of that is when we get help in one area, we often benefit in other areas. And so I think that's really interesting. When you say wellness, to me, that's like a whole picture that we're talking about. And so it's like a painting and, you know, you put everything together for the full image and you can't just take out the one part because that, then you don't have the full image anymore. Um, so I think there's something to that. And and I think that has implications for, for us personally, mm-hmm. but then certainly within the helping professions in terms of how it is that we engage with people. But yeah, I would say that there's a lot, a lot to that. I would align with that viewpoint. Um, and I think it requires us to think deeply about what that means for us um, in relation to how it is that we engage in our own lives and how it is we help others. Absolutely. And I have to agree with that whole concept about wellness. And I think if we are true helping professionals, we are looking at it from a, a, a comprehensive approach and mm-hmm. not just a targeted um, approach. So walk me through maybe some effective strategies to help career development professionals address mental health concerns with clients. You know, here I am, if I'm a career development professional, and I'm seeing some things that I think, first of all, that it's really interfering with our work and and through my lenses as a career development like there's a lot of anxiety the person is hopeless but I really want them to be successful and finding a job and keeping a job you know what what would be some strategies there yeah that's a yeah that's really interesting to kind of think about that specifically what does it mean for us like what do I do as a person who focuses my energy in the in the career realm to try and deal with those things and so for me, I, I see it as like different degrees of assistance. And so it can it can be from the point of a resume review. And so when I used to do a lot of resume reviews when I worked in a career center, while it's a document, it's here it is, I'm going to offer some thoughts on it. I would take a step back for a moment and say, well, tell me a little bit about what it is this resume is intended to do for you. Like, tell me a little bit about the context of 
of this resume. Where are you with your career development? What are you trying to use it for? Um, how do you feel about where you are with those kinds of things? And acknowledging that I'm going to look at your resume, I'm going to give you, I'm going to critique it. So it's not to, to like totally step away, but I would try to get a little bit more of the story about what brought them to this point and wanting me to look at their resume. Um, and then just check in about their thoughts and their feelings around various things that we're doing. And so as we're uh, going through the resume, you know, how do you feel about this? What do you think here? Uh, what are your thoughts moving forward after maybe we've concluded that engagement? So I think it it's really just having curiosity, like having curiosity about the full story to the degree that it seems reasonable within what you're what they came for. So it's not to divert too far away from what they're wanting, but it's just to take a step back and try to get some more of the story. Um, I would say it's checking in on people's affective experience. So as you're navigating career-focused concerns, just asking those questions around, you know, tell me a little bit about your, your feelings about this and what is it like for you to be struggling with this at this point? And how is that playing out in other aspects of your life? You're really struggling to, to find a major. Like, has it affected you in other ways? And if so, in, in how? And so I think they're, it's just exploring a little bit with them. And then, um, as you said, I think it's interesting because if you do have a mental health concern that seems to be inhibiting progress with their career development, unless the mental health concern is dealt with, you're going to continually be inhibited with whatever it is. And so whether it be you, like you're going to work with them around it, and maybe it's there's some things you can do as a career practitioner. Again, partnering with a mental health provider. And I do say partnering. I, I say that intentionally because I do think that you know, there's experiences people have with mental health that they have for very long periods of time. And so to think that, well, you go deal with your depression and then when that's resolved, you come back to me for career. Right. I mean, people live almost their whole lives with depression. So I think it's more of a partnering way of seeing how it is that we engage with other practitioners. So get a consent to release with their mental health providers. Say, hey, mm -hmm. I'm going to have you work with this person. Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue to work with you. Here's a consent to release if it's okay for us to talk. So we're all on the same page with supporting you. And then having that engagement and make sure that what's going on there aligns with what the work you're doing and and so on. And so I think for me, it's accounting for that uh, exploring it, being curious about it, and then when outside resources are are seemingly needed, to still be engaged with them when those resources are employed. So it's not um, just simply, okay, go deal with that and then come back to me, because again, these states of mental health are continually ongoing for many. And so it's important that we still stay engaged with them around whatever it is that we're trying to help them with. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you brought up specifically depression and how people possibly deal with that for years or in some cases all of their life. And that's why I'm such a huge proponent for co-treatment, as you said, partnering with others to make sure that we address the whole person. Because if the depression is not managed, can we really successfully do career work with them? Mm -hmm. If they're feeling hopeless, think about that. If they're going on an interview, what that looks like. 
Yeah. And I mean, going on an interview or some of the things yeah. we do within career, I mean, it's, uh, and it, there's degree, degrees of depression, obviously, and degrees sure. of other uh, mental health experiences. But I mean, one of the things we do in career often is give people an interest inventory. So let's, here's the interest inventory I'd like you to, to fill this out. And, and one of the elements of depression is that you have a lack of interest. And so how does that work? Like, how do you get a work with somebody and trying to get a sense of what they have some enthusiasm around when their experience doesn't have a lot of enthusiasm? There's not a lot of excitement and energy around anything. And so I think when it's important that we be mindful of that when we're using various resources, assessments and interventions, um, you know, one of the things that I like to use are card sorts. And so I'm a kind of proponent of card sorts. I think there's some real value to that. And, and so when I have someone complete a card sort, I like to be there and engage with them as they're completing it and see their process of making these decisions. And so when they're struggling with one, I'm going to ask them a little bit about it. It's like, oh, it looks like you're really trying to figure out where this one goes. Um, and so I want to get a, a, some insight into their thinking. But then card sorts are often organized around least interested, interested, most interested. And so when you have certain experiences with mental health that may be uh, difficult, that might be hard to be able to, to think about things in that way and, and to organize things in that way. And so when you see those things, again, it's worthy to explore um, when you start to to have these kinds of experiences in the career space with people. And they start to, the things that you're seeing give you some glimpses that there might be something else going on here. Then given what you said earlier, that if there's something going on there, if I just continue to try to work around it, it's going to continually inhibit our progress. And so it's going to be important for us to account for it, whatever that may be. You know, that was a great example about the cards, uh, the card sort. Um, it was great that you mentioned that because I think, of course, their mental health, you know, kind of their, their thinking, their feelings, kind of where they are at that time will certainly impact the results of the assessment. And so we do have to, to consider that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. So what are your suggestions, though, for a successful referral process? Because there are many career development professionals who some, in some cases are maybe even afraid, like I'm not trained as a counselor, but I'm a career development professional. I want to make sure that this person can address um, the mental health concerns and I can work with them. Um, but what do I do? What's, what's kind of the process to make sure, you know, that they are working with the right person to do that? And what role will I play to make that connection? Yeah, I would say that that's a, a useful consideration just in general and not just on a case by case basis. So I would just encourage someone to just network within your community of providers and not just with career development professionals, but also people in the mental health sphere, like who are uh, providers in your area um, and then get to know them and say, look, this is the work I do. Uh, curious about your thoughts on the work that you do and how it is that we can potentially connect. And so I would encourage people 
to do some networking within their community around the mental health resources that they have and get to know who those people are, who are those providers, and they get to know you. And so then when you're making that referral, you're say it was you who is a mental health provider, I'm referring to Sharon, and this is Sharon, and this is the kind of work that Sharon does. Um, and so it's an informed referral. I would encourage someone to have an informed referral, um, to have relationships with those providers, and it not just be something that all of a sudden you're trying to find somebody because the situation necessitates that. Um, because I think there's a couple of dimensions to that. First of all, you would feel comfortable with who this person is going to because you've gotten to know them, who what their work is, what that's going to look like. And then they would also get a sense from you about what it is you're trying to accomplish in doing this. And then that also makes it more likely that that person is going to access that resource, in my opinion, if it's a warm handoff, as opposed to here's a phone number of this person, go ahead and give them a call because I think they could help you. I think that's a different experience when you have that warm handoff, uh, you know who that person is, you walk them through that. And again, you continue to partner to the degree that you're able um, there's a high likelihood that that person will continue to work with you and them um, as opposed to simply giving them a phone number and saying, hey, this is a person to call because that that requires a lot from them to establish that relationship when there was an opportunity for you to have already done some of that legwork for them. A lot of it, it just really requires us to be pretty proactive around that, making sure that we have some resources on demand. I would say so. Yeah. And that's, I think that's mutually beneficial too, because I mean, within the mental health sphere, if there's a connection between mental health and career, it goes both ways. And so people who are providing mental health services, depending on obviously what your circumstances as a career practitioner, there could be instances where you could be of service to them. So they might have someone who's coming primarily for mental health, but there's a career dimension to that that you could be of assistance with. So I think, again, when you establish those relationships, mm-hmm. it can be mutually beneficial. That's a great point, which goes back to this whole concept of partnership. And I think it's important for us as career development professionals to embrace that concept and make it intentional to work with others who can help support our work with with our clients. Um, What final thoughts would you share around this topic? Final thoughts you could leave us with? Sure. I think for me, it's this integration of theory, research, and practice. I would just encourage people to try and think about how that plays out in their work, how it is that they utilize theory, how it is that they utilize research, and how does that inform practice? Um, because I I personally feel that when we're doing that, then we're fully realizing all the different elements of the helping engagement. And so you might subscribe to one particular theory or a different theory. Um, and so I would just encourage you to think about that and think about how that plays out in your work. And there's research out there Mm-hmm. Uh, that aligns around career development and mental health. How are you accessing that? What is it telling you about how you engage? And then again, with practice, how does that inform theory and research? So I think just asking yourself that question, <clears throat> excuse me, is useful. Um, and just to stay informed, professional associations like NCDA, 
Um, you know, I think are great resources. I mean, the experience of people we serve continually evolves over time. And so how is it that we're staying current with the resources out there, the information? I just would encourage people to think about how it is they can utilize those resources to their maximum benefit. That's a good point. Staying connected. And I think, um, of course, particularly in the last couple of years here at NCDA, we've done a good job on really highlighting that connection um, of career development and mental health and, and really seeing the value of assisting others and addressing both. So you're right, lots of professional development and networking and um, and we really could build a strong coalition within the association around this topic and being support for each other around. Yeah, and, and I would just, my hope is that career services can better reflect the lives of the people we serve. And so when we think about how it is that we assist them, and we talked about that connection between career development and mental health, then I think we have to respond in kind as career practitioners. And so if I'm engaging with somebody, they're going to want to for me to provide as much help as I possibly can and ensuring that I'm able to do that, again, ethically appropriate and within my scope of practice. But um, when we think about how these things are connected, we have to account for that in some form or fashion, whether it be within our own work or bringing other resources to bear because I do think that the services they receive, again, would be useful to mirror the actual lived experience that they're having. And so I think NCDA is a, is a place where we seem to consider that. There's been obviously a lot of theory that um, we consider within NCDA. There's lots of research within the publications and various resources that recognize the impactful nature of career development. And so I just, again, my hope is that career services can reflect that reality of the people that we serve. Absolutely. You know, I, I think we owe them that. Yes. It's, it's our responsibility. I do think we owe that to each and every person that we serve. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I certainly appreciate your time and your expertise. Um, I think this is just such an important conversation um, for us to have and for hopefully our listeners and for career development professionals around the world. Yeah, thank you. I like how you turn that a conversation because my hope is that the conversation continues yes. around this topic and that we continue to consider it and talk about it and and that people feel open to considering it within their work and and like-minded people can come together and and find ways to support each other as we deal with um, challenging things uh, for our for the people that we serve. I mean, the last couple of years certainly, again, have magnified our understanding of these things, but I don't mm -hmm. think they created them. I think they magnified them. And Absolutely. Think, yeah, and so the, with this raised awareness comes responsibility. And so I hope right. that we can all support each other with in that effort. And so I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can continue to connect uh, on this topic. Absolutely. Thank you.